Hey guys, this is Naeem, and you've reached the Mosaic Church podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community, and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there, and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Where God met us in the middle of our fear, in the middle of our flaw, that's, that's where the power is. That's where the juice is. If you own your story, then you can write the ending. Say yes to some things and we end up being imprisoned by them. His brokenness recognized God. Well, good morning, man! What uh, what an amazing, amazing uh, this morning! I mean, just uh, just the fact that we've been able to do what we do here. Uh, I love the fact that we dedicate babies. I love the fact that we're building something, and uh, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, if you're a guest here, if you're watching, uh, we're trying to build uh, a community that uh, looks like heaven, and so we love. Love doing that. Um, if you don't know who I am, I'm Naeem Fossil, one of the pastors here. And man, I am just so honored, even, even this morning, just waking up thinking, man, I'm so glad that I get to uh, be a part of Mosaic. You know what I'm saying? I'm just exact. That's why I wore my party shirt. Some of you guys are like, we can't say, we can't, we don't know what you're saying, bro. This is too much. This is too much. And I did on purpose. I did on purpose. Not really, though. But I will tell you this, that this past Friday, though, um, and for those of you who did come out to our uh, Cinco de Mayo block party thing, it was a blast, such a blast. Anybody came out to that? I know Sam mentioned it, right? You did, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I'm so glad I just got to live to tell the story about it. Honestly, uh, if you don't know, uh, I didn't make it. I almost didn't make it, friends. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, because there was a dunk tank um, and people paid money. And we, we must have made a million dollars because... I think I got dunked about 700 times. Uh, I just stayed there all night. And uh, I just want you guys to know, especially parents, uh, some of your kids, you, you, you want to watch out for them. Um, I, I really feel like it, like it started off with like dunk him, dunk him, and then it went to drown him. I think, I think that's, what, that's what they were chanting. Your little loved ones, your little angels are not so much angels. I don't know. I don't know. In fact, we do have a recap that we put on social media. I'd love for you guys to watch this really quick. Yep, yeah, yeah, good job. Yeah, there's, yes. There's just more and more of me just dropping, just dropping. And uh, yeah, wow, wow. I got baptized a lot 
uh, Friday. I did. I did. But you know what, though? I'm glad that we're doing this. I'm also glad that the conversation we're having as a church, and if you are, again, new to us or new to this uh, conversation, this series, this is a series of talks uh, talking about the power of your story, the power of the fact that you and I need to own the story that, uh, that we're writing, own the story that God is actually working in us and through us, and begin to share that, have the confidence to share that, because, I mean, your information, your wisdom is great, but your life story changes uh, people around you. It has the power to transform people's lives. In fact, the, we are looking into scriptures and the, in particular stories of people who began to uh, create, like, like live out the story and then tell the story of Jesus. And that changed their generation. It changed their town. And I believe it's the same. I believe it's the same for you and me, even though we might think, well, we're not that uh, significant and we're not that influential. I just want you to know that, that you're not an accident. Like you weren't born because of uh, a decision or a lack of a decision. There's no surprises. You want the surprise uh, because more than your mom and dad, uh, more than the people around us, there's a God out there that, that has an intention for you. And so he's never random with you. He's very intentional. And he, he's allowed you to live the certain kind of life and be in the certain kind of place right now even because he's writing something and he wants you to actually co-author with him your faith. And so what would it look like for you and I to do that? And I hope if you are just joining us, I'd love for you to go back and watch the previous um, episodes in a sense. But uh, this morning, I want to jump in even more and talk about a story because that's what we've been doing. We've been spending some time in the New Testament going through stories. This particular story, uh, again, it's one of those stories that you might have heard, but there is so much more to the story, I believe, and God speaks to that. So it's the story about this woman who um, the anointed uh, Jesus with perfume. Anybody know that story? Like she anointed him, she broke this jar of perfume and anointed him. It was a big deal. And, and he, she showed up at this dinner party apparently and made a big scene about it. And then, and then Jesus was actually okay with it. And everybody else was like, what's going on here? And he was okay with the whole thing. And so what I want to do is I want to go back in the story because at the end of that incident, Jesus makes a statement that I believe is so crucial to the next conversation about telling our story. So let's jump in because the, the big idea here though this morning, if you're like, I just want to know what we're talking about. It's this. It's like we have to move from just um, like, you know, telling our story to living a life worth talking about. And so are you and I living a life that's worth telling? Like, are we living out a story that's worth telling? I think for some of us, it's going to move us into a next courageous step. As in like not just owning your story, but then allowing yourself to do some things that maybe you've never done before. Moving a little bit further in your faith, out of your comfort zone and, and step into some of the things that maybe just maybe God's showing you. And I think if you want to know what God's doing in your life right now, he wants to, he's, he's growing your faith. You're like, ah, I just want to know what God's doing. I just want to know. Well, I, I'll tell you what, he wants you to trust him more. And I guarantee you there are some things that you and I are not trying right now because I'll tell you who it, what it requires. It requires so much of him. But because most of the things we do, it requires so much of us. But how many of us are trying stuff that if, it wasn't, if he wouldn't show up or he doesn't show up, it's going to fail? Like there's some things in my life, like I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I'm like, I, 
if, if you don't show up right now, this is all going to turn into uh, like a, a bad scene here. Okay, God, I, this is going to be a bad thing. If, if the things don't align, like, like this has got to work out in a sense. And I'm not just talking about your dating life. You're like, you're like no, no, I'm talking about maybe even something bigger. Not to demean that, but there's something more that maybe requires a little bit more courage, a little bit more extra out of your life. So let's just jump into the story, okay? This is in Mark chapter 14. Can you say Mark? Mark. This is in the New Testament, and it says here, Now, the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away. How many days away? Two days away. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were, were what's that word? Were what? Scheming. That's a good word. To arrest Jesus secretly and what? Kill him. Kill him. I know the feeling of that. Friday, Friday I found out what that means. I get over that. Okay, but I want you to know the context of this. So this isn't like the heyday of Jesus' ministry. This is, uh, this is two days away from Passover. So if you have read the scriptures before, you kind of go, okay, so what is this Passover? Why is this significant? Well, it's significant because this is the last weekend, in a sense, for Jesus. This is, this is where it's, it's, it's no longer Jesus is a cool guy, does miracles, feeds people. No, no, this is uh, the point in his life where the, he has pretty much, based on what he's done, kind of made like people choose sides. Not, not that he wanted to, but there are people who are like, we love him, and then the other people want to what? Kill him. Now, th- this is very extreme. Okay, there, there are people who are like, we'll die for him, and there are other people who want him dead. So he kind of knows what's happening here. And just, could you imagine, could you imagine like walking into a weekend knowing that the weekend was going to be tough? Like some of us can relate to that, right? He's like, you know, I know, I know, like this, this event is coming up, or this, 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 this end of this marriage is coming up, this divorce is coming up, this, 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 this surgery is coming up, I'm, like this happening in the next couple of days. How, how's your mood there, Right? Is your mood like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm breezing into this? No, 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 no. Like, it's not like two days from now, we're going to Cabo. How's your energy then? You're like, yeah, yeah. Hey, you're going to have surgery. No, don't want to do that. But this guy knew he was going to actually die. He knew that this weekend, he wasn't going to survive in a sense. Like, this is the, this is the point. This is the, this is the context of what's, what's happening. So he shows up. He shows up. Okay? And what's happening the Mark tells us, besides him going through the stuff, what's going through other people's stuff is that they, didn't, they want to kill him. But it says here, it says, but not during the festival. For they said, or the people may riot. Why? Because they're extremes. So he's, he knows this. It's happening. So what, in the middle of that, what, he did, what, what did he do? Well, well, he goes to Bethany. He says, while he was in Bethany, reclining at a table in the home of Simon um, the leper, A woman came with an alabaster jar with very expensive perfume and made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why, why this what? Waste of what perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and money could be given to the poor. And they rebuked her, what? Harshly. So that, that's the scene. So the scene is, is that Jesus is going through whatever he's going through. He goes to have dinner. Now this says here, he goes to Bethany, reclining at, Simon, uh, at the home of Simon the leper. 
This is an interesting story because it's also found in all the other um, New Testament gospel stories. Okay, so it's found in Mark, Luke, it's found in John, but there are different versions of it. So some people are going, well, okay, who is Simon the leper? Because does he, not sh- he doesn't show up in other places. Well, um, you know, if you read Luke, if you read Mark, same account of the story, the thing changes where he, they actually talk about him being uh, also Lazarus, the guy who Jesus raised from the dead. So there is some like, uh, who is this person? But because he could have been a Pharisee, which was a religious sect, um, but also he could have had leprosy and he could, be, he could be also Lazarus, the guy that Jesus raised from the dead. But regardless, he's in kind of good company. And this woman comes who's not like from the stranger, like someone left the door open and someone just walked in. This person knew the house. They, they knew. They knew the stuff here. It's not random. It's, it's very intentional. And what happens here is this woman is also extremely intentional. What, what does she do? She takes perfume and she pours the part of it. No, what does she do? All of it. She breaks it. She breaks it. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I like cologne. I'm a perfume person. I like cologne. Anybody, anybody smell people? Like, like you guys are smell people. No, I don't, I'm not saying you smell. I'm just saying you're into smell. I mean, into smell. Okay. Did you know the most expensive perfume out there? I was doing the Google. I was doing the Google, trying to figure it out. They, friends, this stuff is expensive. Like there was a uh, cologne that someone recommended by Tom Ford. Anybody know who Tom Ford is? Yeah, some people do. Yeah, okay. Do you know how expensive? I looked up. They were like, hey, there's a, a cologne. It's called Arabian something, something. You should look that up. I looked it up. It is $2,000. $2,000. Then I'm like, kept on going deep into this whole cologne business. Friends, there's cologne out there for a million dollars. There are some that goes for $12 million. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what's happening here? Now, based on, like, you know, um, maybe some, uh, you know, study, it, it could say that it was about 12 ounces of perfume, roughly about 24K, the salaries, you know, per, annual salary. salary. Um, but what's funny about this is that based on how much it costs, when the people were like, why did you waste this? You could have given it to the poor. It could have roughly fed uh, seven or 8,000 people. So all that to say, it was a little too much, right? Like when you put perfume on, you don't break the bottle unless you're like, you're done. And have you ever walked by someone who's wearing too much perfume? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have, or my wife has, my wife has, and she's like, oh my gosh, your cologne's giving me a headache. I'm like, you know what? I'm having a bad day, so sh- 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 I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, okay? Sometimes when you don't have to take a shower or you're stinky, you know what I'm saying? You're like, add on more. Guys do this. I think the guys do this. I know one guy, though, who doesn't wear cologne. Uh, he doesn't wear um, a deodorant. He doesn't do anything, Sheldon. Uh, anyway, so, uh, but the boy does not smell. He does not smell. He does not smell. He's right there. You can smell him. He does not smell. I don't know what it is. No idea. No idea. But the point is, the point is, is that she is a little extreme, wasteful when it comes to that. And if you find yourself in the story, where are you? Like, are you the person that goes, no, I'm all in. I get this because it's Jesus and we, go, we break the bottle for him. Or 
are some of you guys like more practical and go, okay, you know what? That's a little too much. Like we could have done this. We could have done a lot of good things. A lot of good things. There's a rabbi that, uh, uh, not, actually not a rabbi, he's a, a Christian pastor who is Jewish, but uh, he talks about this concept and he talks about like right there, some of us, we find ourselves in the camp of like, man, we could have done so much good with this money. Like when you walk into a place and you look at a church maybe, and I think I've done that too. I walk in and I see the extravagance of the church building or, the, or just stuff about the church. I'm like, oh my gosh, all this money, what a waste, what a waste, what a waste. Like sometimes when you look at spaces and you, it's so easy to judge. I mean, I know for me, it's easy to judge, you know, uh, I mean, like people go, oh my gosh, like uh, people walk in here sometimes and they go, oh my gosh, like, it feels like you guys are doing too much here. You know, all this money could go to something else and all that and all that. And this, this pastor guy, he talks about this, um, this story and he, he gives out this, he gives a title of this message, of his message, which I thought was really great. And it was basically called um, Missing God in the Name of God. Like just missing God in the name of God. Like you miss the, the presence of God in the name of God. You just, you just miss him. You just miss him. And I think part of it is this idea of like, we don't, we are practical people. And when you think about who God is, God seems to be not practical. He doesn't. You know, last week, I talked about the prodigal son story. The prodigal son went out and wasted all his money. Remember that story? And, and the father came and took him back, and it was beautiful. And it says, if you, if you read in your Bibles or anywhere, it says the prodigal son story. And people use that word, the prodigal son returns. They, people use that. The word there, prodigal, actually means wasteful. It means, and in some places, it actually means extravagant. Like he was just, he was just extravagant. Well, the truth is, when you read that story, it's not the prodigal son, it's the prodigal God. He wastes so much. He gives so much to the son who disobeyed him and goes out and wastes all this money. If you remember the story, he comes back. He comes back and he throws him a party. And the older brother is like, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? He's wasted all this money and you took the most expensive, you know, lamb and then you sacrificed that and now you're going over the top. And so when Jesus starts telling us stories about God, when he tells us, hey, if you, if you, want, to know the God, if you want to know the Father, you got you to gotta look at me. He, he reminds us that God is extravagant when it comes to us. He's, he's wasteful in a sense. Like, have you ever had a moment where you're like, you know what, I just feel like I keep asking forgiveness about the same things. I feel like God's grace and mercy and love is wasted on me. Like there are days that I'm like, I don't even know why you bother. Anybody been there before? Like, why do you keep up with me? Why do you put, put up with me? Why do you even do it? Like, what's happening here? But God seems to be okay with this idea of just going all out here. This alabaster jar is pretty significant as well, isn't it? Because it's not just any jar, it's an alabaster. And that stone, friends, is a very pliable stone. It's in fact, like, it's a soft stone that's used to make plaster. And again, I, I can't help it think that there is so much symbolism in this Jesus being the capstone of our faith, being the rock of our faith, being this alabaster who, who is, I can't even... Imagine if God was thinking this, I'm sure he was because he's so creative, that, that Jesus becomes 
eventually, at the after that event, in the next couple of days, he becomes the alabaster jar, and, and out of so much forgiveness was poured out. Like his body became the alabaster jar just days later where it broke and his blood was shed. And it was, in a sense, so much of a good stuff. It was called the good news. Like that his blood saved not just that town, not just that generation, but his body was poured out. His salvation perfume, his redemptive perfume and cologne was spread not just to that generation, but to the world. It seemed like Jesus was like, I'm going to just like allow this to happen. And all of this, none, none of those people knew. I'm not quite sure if, sure if this woman, Mary, knew, but Jesus knew. Jesus knew that it would seem just over the top that God would die for people who were trying to kill him, would forgive them who were trying to murder him. So then in that moment, Jesus starts talking. He says this, he says, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing for me. The poor you'll always have with you and you can help them anytime you want to, but you will not always have me. She did what she, she did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Now see, for some people, they're like, what burial? You're not going to die. What's happening here? And for some reason, she just kind of knew. It's strange, isn't it? She just kind of knew. Like she didn't miss God in the name of God, in a sense. She actually could tell that there was something going on here. And, she, and he says, hey, she's done a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing here. So what is this story telling us? The story is telling us that you and I need to be a little bit more extravagant with our lives. Just a little bit more extravagant with our lives. Like, what does that look like? What does that mean? You see, I challenged us, right? We're not going to just write our story or tell our story. We're going to write a story that's worth telling. And I don't know about you, but extravagance tells the story. People talk about extravagance. And you might think, ah, yeah, rich people or rich stuff. No, no, no. Just extravagance. Just an, an overwhelming, like, oh my gosh, this, this was like super extra. This was, this was beyond the familiar. This was like more, more, than, um, more than just a lot of stuff. It, this was so timely. See, extravagance means this, okay? Two things. Number one is knowing, is knowing where your people are. It's knowing the people around you. If you want to be extravagant in your workplace, if you want to be extravagant in your, in your daily life, you've got to, first of all, know and see and recognize where people are in life. I think you can't be extravagant without that. What, what does that mean? Like you can't really hit the spot for people. You can't really be like, oh my, this is exactly what I needed until you know where people are. See, the truth is for some of us, we don't know, we don't see where people are. We just don't. We, 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 are, we live with people who are so familiar, we know exactly where we are and exactly where they are. The problem is, is that, that once we do that with God, we never look for him because we know where to find him. And the issue is that we just honestly don't know where he is. 
Like, I know that we've talked about how, you know, God meets us where we are. But imagine meeting God where he is. Like right now, imagine knowing what God is doing and for you to join him. And for so many of us, we just want him to join us, like join our issues, problems, our stuff that we're praying about. But what if God is doing a work in your family? What is he doing a work in your job? What is he doing a work in this world? And he's wanting you to join him. See, Mary was joining Jesus at the work to save the world. But everybody else was just joining, like asking Jesus to just come dinner and do whatever. So if you and I are going to be extravagant, we've got to know where people truly are. Do you know where people are spiritually in your life? I think, I think that, that's something we've got to wrestle with. Number two, I think we just have to be a little extra. That's all it requires. Just a little extra and that's it. Just a little extra. To be extravagant, we just need a little bit what? Extra. That's it. That's it. And you're like, oh, I don't know. Here's why. Here's why. Because so many of us want to live this extraordinary life today. But, I mean, maybe it's just me. But, man, the challenge is, can you do some little extra tomorrow? Like at work? Mm, no. Okay. But I do want to live an extraordinary life today. I do want to do that. What, 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 what about a little extra? Just a little extra to, to, to tomorrow. Okay. A buddy of mine was telling me about a, a church person. He'll never forget. He was like, we're talking about church and church people and all that. Church people. Hello, church people. And so this person had a, like a sticker on their car or whatever. And uh, they were in line at Starbucks. <clears throat> and my friend was not paying attention. And he wasn't paying attention. And it was a church sticker person. there. It was on Mosaic. It was out of town. And uh, he bumped the car by mistake. He was looking down, Starbucks, whatever. He hit the car, hit the car, bumped it, just a little tap. Hey, no, you're here, kind of thing. Okay. He was like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? What's happening? Oh, oh. and just, so they kind of did a whole like, oh, okay, what happened? And the person was, I don't know if they came out of the car to check on the car, what happened. It wasn't a big deal, but he felt so terrible, so terrible. This person was actually really nice. There are some nice church people, friends. There are, so there's hope, right? Okay, by the way, if you have a mosaic sticker, be nice. Okay, we got a reputation here, okay? Okay, so this person was like, oh, it's all good, it's all good. <clears throat> and he got back in the car, and he went and got, picked up his order, and the person said, oh, the person just paid for it. Right! Okay, that's a little too much. I mean, I, I have had a car bump me in the back, and I'm like, seriously, bro? That's what I'm thinking. Seriously, we're at a light, man. What are you doing? You're on your phone. You're on your phone. I'm on my phone, but still, but you're on your phone. Don't bump me. Don't bump me. I remember I walked out. I was like, I was expecting the worst. Okay, I'm, but I'm, I'm usually a nice guy. So I walked out. I'm like, okay. And I saw, and it wasn't, it was the paint was a little cracked, but not that much. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, it's all good, bro. It's all good. He's like, ah, oh, we can figure it. I'm like, it's all good. It's not even worth it. It's all good. But let me tell you what I did not do. Buy his coffee. I did not do that. I didn't do that, okay? I wanted him to buy my coffee. It's, a, it's, it's, it's those extravagant things, right, that tell the story about our lives. Jesus goes on, and remember I told you how Luke um, and other uh, gospel writers wrote, told the story? Well, Luke writes something that between him saying that and his last statement, Jesus said some more stuff. And so let me just read that to, to you. 
So Jesus, what he does is, is, is so he says, leave, her, leave this person alone and all that. And then he says, he says, then he turned towards the woman. He looked at the woman and looked at Simon. And he says this, he says, so you see this woman. I came into your house and you didn't give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I have entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put uh, oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, 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 I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as, as her great love has shown. And then he makes a statement, which is so true in so many arenas in life. He says this, he says, but whoever has been forgiven little, help me out, what? Loves little. Jesus like, I, I'll tell you why you're not going crazy. You're not going crazy in my presence. You just don't, you haven't really known how much you've been forgiven. Like, have you ever been in a worship service? Okay. Or maybe even today. And you're like, you're looking at this person and you're like, calm down. It's not that amazing. Calm down. It's not that, okay, okay, what, what's happening here? Have you ever been in an environment where you're like, this one, this person is too, too much. They're, they're, they're just, they're falling apart maybe in their worship experience. They just go, it's over the top. And you have no idea, and I have no idea what their life's been through. And the, 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 you have no idea. I just want you to know that for some of us, I don't know if we've realized how much grace and mercy we've been given. We have no idea the amount of patience God has with you. You have no idea the amount of protection he provides for you and your kids. You have no idea. I mean, do you know the amount of sh just shootings that are going on? Like even this morning, like I, I mean, I mean, what, Texas, what, in, in, in the mall? Like what's happening in this world? And I just think about all the other things that God's protected me and my family from. So friends, I don't know. I think it's, it's time that we kind of go, God, I, just break me and break my practical self. And let me just get lost in the fact that you have given me so much grace and so much mercy. So much, so much mercy. See, at the end of this, this is what Jesus says. And this is really the major point and the reason why I'm talking about this big idea of living a life worth telling, the story worth telling is that he ends this whole encounter and Jesus says this. He says, truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And basically Jesus is saying, there, first of all, I don't even know if you know this, but this, what I'm about to do this weekend is going to change the world. And this is the story that people are going to tell all over, not just this generation, no, for generations and generations, for worlds and worlds to come. Like what I'm about to do is more than you can ever imagine. This story, this gospel story is going to be told again and 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 again. And in different languages, in different people groups, people are going to make movies about it. There's going to be a show called Chosen. It's going to be the thing. It's going to happen. This story is going to happen. But here's the issue. Here's the issue. Whenever this, whenever this story is being told, guess what's going to be told? Her story. Her story of her generosity. Her extravagance is going to be told. The woman who broke the alabaster jar, who made a big scene, who was so extravagant with God, who prepared him, prepared him 
for burial. I mean, it's something to get excited about. These guys are. These guys are, right? So let's stand together. Can we do that? And let's allow God to do something in us that really changes the kind of life we want to live, changes the story we want to tell and write. Let's do that. Lord God, I thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you, God, that our story is, is one that needs to be told, but God, we need to live a story, live out a story that, that it's worth telling God. So God, I pray, I pray, Lord God, that you would remind us, who you would remind us that, God, that you're asking us to move and do something. You're asking us inside of ourselves to do something. And it's not just, it's not just that we need to do this thing so we can make you happy. It's something that we need to do because it will change us and make us and become into a person that we really desperately need to be. God, for so many of us, God, we want to live a more free life. We want to live a life that's, that's bigger, but we find ourselves stuck, just stuck, thinking that we're not, we're not, really, we're not really capable, we're not really worthy, we're not really whatever. But God, I pray, I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you would shake us out of just the same old, same old. You move us into an extravagance, a, in a sense, a prodigal life, a, a, not a wasteful that we don't care, but God, when it comes to our affection and our attention to you, when it comes to our faith and belief in you, we would just keep on believing. God, may we waste our worship on you in a sense. God, just give it all up. God, you're worthy of it. Worthy of it all, God. God, I pray as you as we respond, God, that you would lead us. Lead us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.